You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by our pal Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com. And Talking Cowboys, you can hear on the Cowboys team channel, 1230 Eastern weekdays. Mickey, thanks for taking the time. We know that Denver has a strong defense, but were you surprised their front seven played that well against the Cowboys' solid offensive line? Yeah, I I was surprised. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, that their front seven played awfully, awfully well. Uh, and that was the first time in, uh, I think, many years that I've seen uh, a defensive front just stuff uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So it kind of makes you sit here and go, huh, maybe losing two-fifths of their starters on the offensive line from last year uh, has made a difference in that offensive line. Uh, or, boy, the Denver Broncos really had a good plan and had the personnel to execute it. And I'll just give you one of the thoughts I thought Jerry Jones summed it up pretty well after the game, uh, I guess after it finished by time the delay was over and the game was over, it was almost Sunday night. He said, I'm not sure that was our team, but that might be the Denver Broncos, meaning they were awfully good. So uh, I think it was, you know, kind of a call to reality for this Cowboys team that, uh, you know, they've still got room to grow. You know, Mickey, when you look at how this Denver defense played, um, they didn't try to rush through the lanes to make tackles to stop the running game. They kind of had that, you know, extend your arms away from the offensive lineman uh, and wherever the running back runs, you stick your head in that hole and they just clogged every hold. How much credit do you give to Vance Joseph for this team being able to respond the way they respond, considering this is his first year doing it? Uh, they held an offense that was arguably the best offense when it came to the running of football last season uh, down to a little of nothing, what, nine rushes for eight yards, which was .88 yards on the day for Ezekiel Elliott. How much credit do you give to Vance Joseph for being able to transition from a defense-minded coach defensively from a defensive coordinator standpoint to now a head coach? Yeah, I thought I thought they had a really good plan, and uh, I, I – you know, listen to him or at least read what he had to say about their defensive philosophy up front was uh, to make sure their defensive linemen uh, were not chasing the football, that they were just filling the gaps, uh, that their linebackers would fill the other gaps, uh, and that uh, they would just squash that Cowboys running game between the tackles. And they had the personnel to do it. Uh, I think they improved their defensive line uh, play from last year, uh, and and I think it was a, it was a, it, it, they not only were they able to be successful up there, but they were able to pull it off because they were able to shut down the Cowboys' passing game also. So it was almost like they put the Cowboys in double jeopardy. Not only did they shut down the running game, but their front seven I thought was. Uh, talented enough to put pressure on Dak Prescott where they just didn't have a clean day uh, throwing the football. Now, the Cowboys had some opportunities, uh, but they didn't cash in. Uh, Had three drops uh, that I counted at least. Uh, A couple 
uh, interceptions, uh, one on a drop pass, one of those three drop passes that fell into Harris's lap, uh, and then a bad route, I thought, by Des Bryant in the end zone towards the end of the game. So uh, a combination of a very good plan, and then I don't think this Cowboy offense rose to the occasion uh, well enough to be able to go on the road, and as you know, in a place that's very hard to, to win at uh, and be able to win a game. Chatting with Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com and the Cowboys team channel here on TuneIn. Mickey, as you know, Jason Garrett said he wasn't pleased with the lack of effort from Ezekiel Elliott when it looked like Ezekiel gave up on the play after the interception. Is this a teachable moment for a young player? Yeah, I think absolutely so. And, you know, I, th- there there were two instances um, that, that occurred. Uh, you know, the funny thing and, and the irony – uh, of the last interception that was returned for a touchdown, and you know he got accused for not chasing, which he didn't. Uh, if he didn't step across the formation and pick up a blitzer to protect Dak Prescott on that play, that ball would have never been intercepted because Dak would have been sacked. It, it was a free guy coming. Uh, so you know he went down and cut the guy. If you go back and watch it. Uh, and landed on the ground at about the 10-yard line, I think it was. And he was still sitting there when Aqib Tlaib uh, made it to the 10-yard line in a full sprint. So, yeah, I don't know if he if he quit, if he made one of those business decisions like, you know what, there's no way in the world I'm going to get to my feet with him on a running head start and catch him uh, and decided not to chase. But there were a couple other guys in the end zone that didn't give chase either, but that part didn't make it on TV. So as we know uh, these days, if there's a picture of what you did, uh, boy, you're in trouble. Mickey, there's a few teams we can actually talk about that that's doing a great job um, this year so far. Uh, we can talk about Detroit. Uh, we can talk about the Denver Broncos, which we just did. Uh, I want to talk about Alex Smith and his Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, coming into this season after the Chiefs went into the draft and, and grabbed Patrick Mahomes at the 10th pick overall, moving up in the draft to grab him, obviously the conversation coming out of there with Alex Smith was – basically with him and his team, basically saying that, you know, maybe this is my time. This this is it. I, I may not be here no more next year. I see the writing on the wall because of what took place in San Francisco. How impressed are you that Andy Reid has really taken the cuffs off in a figurative way of speaking of Alex Smith, allowing him to throw the football down the field, getting creative with the schemes, but yet winning in multiple ways. One with a high scoring game on the road against New England, but yet doing it from a strategy standpoint, what a shovel pass to a Travis Kelsey in the latter part of the game. How impressed are you of Alex Smith seeing him playing as well as he is so far? Yeah, Cordell, really impressed. It's almost like they took the handcuffs off him and said, okay, go play quarterback. You know, we're, we're not going to sit here and play this little cozy offense where we dink and dunk and hope we score enough points and our defense plays really well. Uh, I think they, they've gotten off to a really impressive start. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were talking about – the rest of the NFL uh, today on our Talking Cowboys show. And I said, yeah. I said, there's only one division in the NFL that has three 2-0 teams, and it happens to be the AFC West, and it happens to be the AFC division the Cowboys have to play this year. Uh, so uh, if, if there's a tough road ahead for the Cowboys, it's certainly coming out of that AFC West with the way the Raiders, the Broncos, and now the Chiefs are playing. And, Mickey, when you match up with marquee quarterbacks 
like Alex Smith has developed into to start the year, you got to get some pressure on the QB. How much of the Cowboys miss David Irving coming off the edge as he continues to serve the four-game suspension? Well, you know, they, they missed him not, not only on the off the edge, but in the middle, too, because they had some formations where they used him on a three-man line, and he was sort of the nose tackle, but not your uh, normal nose tackle uh, when you're up there at 6'7 uh, and have the ability to run the way he, he can run. Uh, one of the help they should get, and I think probably by tomorrow they have to make the decision, uh, DeMontre Moore, who they took a chance on as a free agent this offseason, season uh, will be coming off his two-game suspension, so they have to decide tomorrow if they're going to put him on the 53-man roster and if they make a roster adjustment. uh, He might be able to help. So far, the only consistent pass rusher they have uh, has been Demarcus Lawrence, uh, and he's off to a great start. He's had two sacks in each of the first uh, two games. Uh, That's four times as many sacks as he had all last season when it was just one after he came off a four-game suspension and then battled a back that needed surgery uh, at the end of the season. So if they can find somebody on that other side, is it DeMontre Moore? Might it be David Irving? Uh, Will one of the young guys like Charles Tapper or Taco Charlton emerge? Uh, But they need another guy uh, because at some point these other teams are going to go, okay, DeMarcus Lawrence is not wrecking our offense. We'll make sure of that, and we'll take our chances with the other guys. So, uh, you know, your question's well-founded. Irving's got two more games uh, to serve uh, his four-game suspension, and then they get an opportunity to get him back. But the Cowboys need to do a better job of putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I thought that was one of the surprising things in that Denver game because supposedly their offensive line uh, was average. Well, I thought they played awfully well. Uh, you know, they, they, they did a good job uh, of creating running holes uh, for C.J. Anderson, uh, along with protecting uh, Simeon. Uh, you know, a lot of times he had the time of day in the pocket. And when you run the ball the way they ran the ball uh, and allow him to throw when he wanted to throw, not when he had to throw, uh, that's a bad combination. And I don't care who the quarterback is. If he's in the NFL, uh, he's got an opportunity to hurt you in those situations. When does Marvin Lewis or the Cincinnati Bengals make the move to A.J. McCarron because of how Andy Dalton has been playing so far? Yeah, I, I would imagine if he thinks McCarron can play, uh, it's getting close because, uh, you know, once you fire the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, what's next? Uh, and usually it's the quarterback, right? Uh, so uh, I know it's always a tough uh, decision to make when you take a veteran uh, out of a starting job and put in somebody with very little ex- playing experience or a young guy. Uh, and it's a delicate deal, you know, and I can remember back to 2006 when Bill Parcells said, okay, at halftime of the Giants game, I think it was like game uh, six, I want to say, uh, enough's enough with Drew Bledsoe. I'm going with Tony Romo, who had, who had basically – played a half of football uh, in his four-year career and said, okay, I got to check this out. Uh, And the first game out, the first half, uh, Romo gets intercepted three times, even the first possession. But after that, things calmed down and it actually was a good decision. So, yeah, at some point, uh, those veteran quarterbacks, they, they wear out their welcome if there's a guy capable of taking their place.
Mickey, great information as always. Thanks for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Enjoy doing it with you guys. See ya. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.